Mother Knows Death, starring Nicole and Jemmy and Maria QK. Hey guys, welcome to our very first episode of Mother Knows Death. I'm here with my daughter, Maria, and we are so excited to start today. But first, we're going to give you a little bit of our background, just in case you don't know who the hell we are. So <laughs> first, I want to say that my name is Nicole Jemmy, and I'm a board-certified pathologist assistant. I specialize in doing autopsies and dissecting organs from surgeries. And then about 10 years ago, my husband came up with the idea that I should start bringing my work to Instagram. And I did. I started an account called at Mrs. Angem underscore Angemi. And I was showing pictures of different diseases that I would see in pathology and at autopsy. And I was having a lot of my followers guess. And over the past 10 years, believe it or not, I've gotten almost 2 million people to love pathology as much as I do. And it's it's just been a really awesome ride. But things haven't always been so easy for me. And I'm very open with my followers about my struggles in my life. And one of the biggest struggles that I ever had was that I got pregnant when I was 14 years old. And guess who you're looking at right now? This is my me. daughter, Maria. <laughs> <laughs> and we just thought we've always wanted to work together. Maria's been such a big part of my journey. She, you know, you want to tell them you used to work at the morgue with me sometimes in the summers when you were off school. <laughs> yeah, I remember being a really little kid and you first took me to a couple college classes with you, which I kind of can't believe they let happen. But it was also cool to sit in the back of your biology class when I was just a little kid. Um, and then I ended up working with you at the hospital when I was a teenager, only to discover that I really hate everything medical. So <laughs> the following in your footsteps was not really for me. So I kind of took my love of science that I had from you and my love of art and combined them and went to school for photography. I ended. I have a degree in photography. I ended up working in the photo industry for a few years doing photo assisting, fashion and prop styling, working on a movie, which was a really cool experience. And then COVID happened. I got the opportunity to get a certification in UX design. And that was really helpful because right when I finished that program, you needed me to come on board and help you out. <laughs> so yeah, so it's weird. We always, you know, I had Maria when I was so young and we're almost as close as siblings. And we always used to daydream together, like we're going to work together someday. And we never really could figure it out because I love blood and guts and Maria faints when she, if I even talk about get her getting her blood taken right now or something, she will just yeah. faint. So it, it never really worked out. But then one day we were thinking about the stuff that we always talk about and we always talk about pop culture and we always talk about, oh my God, did you hear that news story? Did you hear that news story? So then we thought, all right, this is going to be the idea of our podcast. We're going to talk about all of the breaking news that surrounds death, pathology, disease, and everything that has to do with the human body. So we're, we're, we're really excited about doing this and we think that you'll really like it. So there's, there, I just think there's so many different stories that happen in the news every single week that relates to pathology, whether it's natural disease or, or forensics like accidents, suicides, homicides. And we could talk about near deaths and also deaths. And th really the reason that we talk about this stuff is because we want to live a healthier life. And this is just going to help us do that. It's going to help us make better choices and it's going to help us be safer. So Mortuai Viva Stocent, the dead teach the living. It's no coincidence that we chose this day to launch our podcast because it is Dia de la Mortis. That is otherwise known as Day of the Dead, if you couldn't pick up on her excellent <laughs> Spanish accent. <laughs> listen, listen, I tried. Um, so yeah, the Day of the Dead is a day to celebrate our ancestors and anybody that has passed. And I thought that this would be the perfect day to launch this because we're talking about the dead and how the dead teach us. So Ray, let's get started with our first story of the story of the week. 
Our first story of the week ever on Mother Knows Death is the passing of Friends star Matthew Perry. He was 54 years old, found in his home in an apparent drowning over the weekend. It's really sad he had returned home from playing pickleball, which is an activity I engage yeah, in. Yeah, so because that's, really that's what all the hipsters do now, so. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, but he had returned from playing a game of pickleball his assistant slash friend had gone out to run some errands and when she returned he was dead in the hot tub and apparently this is getting looked into because he was not waterlogged do you kind of want to explain what that means because i don't really fully understand (laughs) well for the the first thing that just annoyed the shit out of me i think the very first article you sent me on saturday night said that he died from an apparent drowning and i'm like how do they know that already they didn't even do the autopsy yet the guy had just died what what was it like an hour before the the story i don't even was... think it was 45 minutes after the police were called yeah. that tmz had the article up. exactly so i was like that that's just speculation uh, on on their part but I did see that they did perform the autopsy and they said that the results were preliminary and that it was pending. So let's talk about what those terms mean a little bit. When they say that when they do an autopsy within the first 24 hours, they put out a report that's like the preliminary report. And that's just basically what did they see when they cut open the body? And they're saying that when they cut him open, they didn't see clear signs that that he drowned in the hot tub, which means that he didn't have any fluid in his lungs. Sometimes you could get hemorrhage in the temporal bone that would be consistent with a drowning death, and they didn't see anything that was consistent with that. So what that tells me is that it's possible that he died and then he was underwater. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that they're looking into this because he was really open with his struggles with addiction in the past, how fame really just got to his head. I mean, he was on the most famous sitcom of all time, arguably or not, because, you know, people always fight that Seinfeld was more successful. But, you know, when you are you into Friends? Yeah, I'm obsessed with Friends, obsessed with Seinfeld. I love the 80s, 90s sitcom era. I think I like it, but I'm just kind of like, I'll watch it if it was on. I don't hate it, but I also just don't really care if I ever saw it again. It just doesn't really, doesn't do anything for me. But yeah, he, he had a, a, an addiction from the time he was 14 years old, I think, I believe when he started drinking alcohol and then he started, he was filming some kind of a movie and had an injury on a jet ski or something and started using opioid drugs and that's when his addiction really started right and yeah he so then he started having pathology associated with that because when you're on those types of drugs it causes severe constipation and he said that he had surgery because his colon burst but to me it was that he probably was so constipated that he had his his bowel ruptured that's what happened but then he ended up being in the hospital for an insane amount of time. I think he was in a coma after the surgery. Yeah, he was in a coma for two weeks, hospitalized for five months from that surgery. Five months is an insane time to amount of and that time. Was only in, and that was only in 2018, too. So that wasn't even that long ago. Yeah, so you're just talking about a person that's had severe stress on his heart, on his brain. He's had surgery, so he has adhesions. There's other things that could have happened besides him just what looks obvious is him drowning in the hot tub, right? You could get hyperthermia. So when your body temperature, have you ever heard of the term homeostasis? Mm-mm. That's when our body temperature, our bodies function the best at 98.6 degrees. Our organs like that temperature. When they get too cold, they don't function right. When they get too hot, they don't function right. So When you're in a hot tub, and I think my hot tub goes to like 104, which is hot, your body's not even supposed to go over, over, I mean, you know, this is when you get a fever, right? You feel like shit, right? Yeah. So if it goes over 104, you get in this, you get in the danger zone of your organs basically shutting down, and that could have happened. He could have, I mean, I 
believe that he was saying that he was clean again, but he could have not been clean. He could have not been telling us the truth and he could have been on the, on the pills and kind of like fell asleep or passed out and didn't really realize that it was getting so hot or was kind of incapacitated, right? So when the autopsy report says that it is pending, it's because they're waiting for further studies. So number one, they're waiting to look at slides under the microscope. Number two, which is most important with a person that has a history of abuse, is that they're waiting for toxicology to come back. So um, for those of you who are not members of my website, which is called thegrossroom.com, we do every single week we do a celebrity death or a high profile death dissection where we really break down these celebrity deaths and talk about the circumstances that were surrounding their death, how they died, and other things too, like their funeral, any controversy, any kind of criminal or, or lawsuits, anything like that. And how many have we done now? We've done hundreds of them, like celebrity deaths. Every single time a celebrity dies, we try to cover it. And we also do high profile deaths. And in this case, we'll definitely cover Matthew Perry whenever we get more information, but we're just going to wait until the autopsy results come out. Right now, we're just speculating because we have no idea what really happened. Yeah, and the weirdest thing I learned from this was his stepdad was Keith Morrison, the Dateline guy. So seeing pictures of Keith Morrison on this crime scene was kind of a surreal crossing of my worlds of my stress relief of watching comedies and then my other guilty pleasure of watching Dateline and Forensic Files. So that was definitely a weird tidbit to learn in this. All right, so let's get into some other celebrity news that we have going on. We did we did learn couple weeks ago two weeks ago maybe that Suzanne Summer died yes she had passed away recently and her initial cause of death was reported as breast cancer so that has been confirmed now and she did not receive an autopsy so I wanted to ask you if it's standard to not get an autopsy if the illness is known beforehand so that's that's a good question because a lot of people ask me that and yeah it it is Trust me, I've done plenty of autopsies on people that have had stage four cancer and they knew the person had stage four cancer ahead of time. It was just like the family just wanted it, you know. But in general, if if a patient and their, their family knows why the person's dying, they usually don't want to have an autopsy. So she was diagnosed with breast cancer a long time ago, 23 years ago. And she just was open that this car, this past July she had a recurrence, and it, it it's not good if you were diagnosed so long ago and it and it pops up so many years later. And here we find out from her death certificate that indeed it was she had a mass in her brain, and they did a biopsy on it. So they go in and they do brain surgery and send a little piece down to pathology to see what it is because sometimes it could be an infection or something else. So they just want to confirm what it is. And when they looked at it under the microscope, they could tell that it was metastatic breast cancer. So she doesn't technically have brain cancer. She has breast cancer that had spread to her brain. Now we're going to start with my personal favorite category of freak accidents, because these are the ones that are just so unexpected and sometimes really crazy shit happens. Especially with this first case, we're going to talk about this NHL, former NHL hockey player. His name is Adam Johnson. Do you want to get into it, Ray? Yeah, so he used to play on our minor team, the Phantoms, but also played on the Pittsburgh Penguins. But he is an ex-NHL player. He was playing a game in England when a seemingly unfortunate accident unfolded where two players had collided and the other player's skate flew up and slid him in the throat. So what was crazy about this video is when you first watch it, it's shocking, but you don't really notice what's happening at first. You just see him casually get up and there's a bunch of blood and he skates right off of the ice. But he died a couple hours later at the hospital from the injury and... I, first of all, I can't even believe he got up and skated away, which my husband was saying is standard. They they go through some pretty serious injuries, and they're just used to just getting right off of the ice. But when you see the amount of blood and now know that it resulted in death, that's incredibly 
strange to see on video and this case is just unfolding because now it's being investigated as a potential murder which when I watched the video I just was like of of course this accident could happen it had happened in the past and it always brings up the question of should neck guards be required for players and I guess there's certain rules regarding that is it def is it definitely being investigated for that or is it is that just media buzz because the guy that caused the injury which if if I'm sure it was an accident and if it was that it's horrible that this guy already has to go through this and now he has to be under this scrutiny through the media but it, what do you think because I know that there was some controversy around this guy because he's he's been known to be kind of more of an aggressive player right is that I, I mean I just want to know is he really under police investigation or is this just what the news has created to get people to click on the story for drama you know I I don't I think I don't really I think a lot of it is buzz from the media saying the last I read about it was that it was seemingly going to be under investigation that totally could be a buzzword by media outlets we know they really love to exaggerate everything and I know it's been a really hotly debated topic of was it an accident or was it intentional and I just think let's say he intentionally was trying to check the player that ended up dying or he was trying to hurt him or something I don't think he just woke up and was like I'm gonna murder somebody or hurt them severely like that they all know how sharp these blades are they're extremely thin sharply made from titanium and they know exactly the injuries that can result in them so I think a lot of people are not realizing how easily this accident could happen. Even last year, we just discussed a young high school player that had died from the same injury. And there's a really famous case from 1989 where a goalie had also had his throat slip but lived. So I think this is an injury that happens all the time. But something well, about it doesn't this happen. Case is it making... doesn't happen all the time. <laughs> not all the time. Sorry, I, I it meant to be like it's it's a rare it, thing, but it has it's a happened. Po- it, yeah, it's possible. But yeah, it's possible. Getting back to getting back to the the sharpness of the blade and everything, that's that's to me. So when I watch the video, and we have the video in the gross room posted, obviously, um, it's a very very short video. But in the video, you see him kind of get knocked over and you don't really realize what happens at first and like Maria said he stands up and I I swear he like looked at the pile of blood on the ground and that's when he like dropped again but then he got up again and when I see that much blood come out that fast because this whole entire video was what like 15 seconds it yeah it happened so fast I'm like oh shit an artery is is severed that's how that's how that much blood comes out that fast and that's not good in your neck because that's your carotid artery it brings all the oxygen to your brain and when that gets cut off it's really bad news unless it gets repaired really really fast I was actually reading that another player that this happened to there was some kind of army medic there that was used to these crazy injuries that went and compressed the vessels in his neck and that's how he was able to live from that injury oh wow yeah i thought that that was that was pretty cool because i I think that most people just freak out but by the time you even call 911 or have the ambulance look at it if you're if you're not repairing that right away there's just like nothing much they can do and you saw all that blood that came out right away. Well, every single time your heart beats, that much more just pours out and pours out and pours out until it's all gone. And then all of a sudden, you're dead. So I think coming out of this is they're trying to now regulate the use of of different neck guards. So in the United States, it's completely optional whether you're a minor or not. And I believe most players opt out of wearing it because it's uncomfortable. But in the UK where this incident occurred, it is mandatory that minors wear it. But this kid that died was 29 years old. So he didn't have to wear it if he didn't want to. And it's just, I I am believing to see this as a freak accident and not an intentional murder. Because when you watch the video, I just think it's so hard to try to prove otherwise. Exactly. Now, the, the next freak accident is, is freaky too because I have worked in a hospital for so much of my life, so it freaks me out. But apparently this happened in California that 
a nurse was pushing a patient into an MRI room to get a scan when she felt the magnet of the MRI machine pushing towards her and the the patient that was in the bed fell onto the floor but the MRI machine basically sucked in the bed that the patient was on trapping her between the bed and the MRI machine she had to get surgery she had a couple of screws or something from the MRI machine or from the bed embedded in her body and had to have surgery to remove it and I just think like Ray have you ever had an MRI yeah a couple of times and you know they ask you like do you have any they make you take out your piercings and they say do you have any metal fragments in your eye and do you you know that all that they ask you all those questions do you have any implants in your body they ask you that because the MRI machine is uh, takes pictures by using magnetic fields, and it's an essentially like a huge magnet. And I don't, yeah. I don't know if you know this. Like Gabe even says, my my husband's a firefighter, and he even said that they're trained for that because they can't have certain gear on if they would go into that room because it could it could really suck you in. It's 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 crazy, but after they did the investigation and stuff, they saw that the hospital was like not following protocol shocker Uh, yeah so this incident happened in february but the investigation has just wrapped up now and of course found that they weren't following protocol nobody was following protocol so we definitely see these accidents happen more so when just everybody's kind of blowing off rules and not paying attention as we know in the grocery room i'm the rule follower of the group so yeah, I, I, you know what, though? I'm the most non-rule follower. You know that. I'm your mom, right? But when it comes to certain things like that, I'm like a crazy rule follower because I know that these things could happen. And I, I can't even believe that as part of the investigation, multiple things came out. But one of the biggest ones was that they didn't screen the nurse or the patient for metal. <laughs> It's, it's just no. like, what? How does that even happen? Because they're so crazy about it when you go get the test done. Yeah, I'm thinking of the few times I've had to get them done and just how hardcore they are about the screenings and all the pamphlets you have to read about taking everything out and them double checking once you get there. So it's just really hard to imagine this happening, Yeah, which is, I guess, why it's newsworthy because it doesn't happen. You know what else is not thinking about happening is our next story. <laughs> oh, yeah. So this TikTok went viral. This woman had woken up in the middle of the night with this really eerie sensation in her ear. She goes to the doctor and it it turns out this live spider was in her ear, which uh, I couldn't even read this whole story. It was skeeving me out so bad. It it is kind of like (laughs) your biggest fear is like, I mean, obviously your biggest fear is a spider crawling up your vagina while you're sleeping. But I mean, that wasn't my biggest fear. But the next biggest fear is one climbing into your ear hole while you're sleeping. Is is it worse in your ear or your vagina? Because I never honestly thought of the first option. I, I feel like, <laughs> I don't know. I've never thought about this, but I feel like your vagina is more accessible. Like you could stick your hands up there and kind of scoop it out. Whereas like you can't get inside your inner ear only you only could get inside so far with with a q-tip and really like a q-tip could push it all the way in even further and you would hear it that's why it would be worse it just you would hear it in your ear uh i'm telling you it's it sounds like if you went up to someone's ear and talked that close like that what's that stuff lillian says asmr (laughs) i don't even know what whatever the, the weird sound thing or whatever but yeah so i personally think it it would either would be worse but then when they were saying so so what happens is an, an insect could get in there and it could get like trapped up in the earwax which is gross but then they were saying that they checked the ear to make sure that there were like no eggs left behind like there's just all this oh other shit God. that goes along with it i would I, I would be freaked out forever like something was going to hatch in there but then when the doctor got it out, the, the live spider fell on the woman's sweater. I know. <laughs> and then they, like, chased it and, like, trapped it with a cup. No, I would vomit. I, I don't even want a live spider. Like, the kids, last week I had the kids and there was a spider on my couch and they were freaking out so oh bad God, that they so pushed the couch. Spiders. 
so i can't even imagine one being in my ear i didn't even think about the eggs part oh my god i would be trauma i would have to go every couple months to get that looked into just to make sure you know that you can buy a thing online to the camera that you could hook it up to some kind of app i was actually gonna get it you could hook it up to well i was gonna get it for lillian because she always gets ear infections with her weird ear issue so instead of like on sunday night when it always happens that i gotta go to urgent care or something ridiculous i could just check myself and be like no she doesn't have an ear infection or whatever but yeah i would i would have that camera and just be checking it all the time to see if i had a spider in my ear or like baby spider eggs hatching in my ear and for those of you that don't know Lillian is my younger sister oh yeah she's my 10 year old (laughs) she's my middle child but Maria is great and we love yeah Maria was (laughs) Maria was 18 when she was born so they have a huge age difference they're actually further apart in age than Maria and I are which is so weird we have a very weird family so now we're going to get into some violent crimes. The biggest story of the week has to do with the mass shooting that occurred in Maine. So last week there was a mass shooting in Maine. A active shooter had hit a restaurant and a bowling alley. As a result, there have been 18 deaths. So what was really scary was that nobody could find this guy for over 48 hours. So the entire area of Maine was on lockdown for that time which think about living in a small area and just being so scared to leave your house and not not know what's going on so after the 48 hour search they had found him he had a self-inflicted gunshot wound and he was in an overflow parking lot where he used to work so i think that the the mass shootings are like one of the the biggest fears i know a lot of like myself and friends of mine you everybody family we we all have a big fear of this and i think that the way that the current political system set up it's never going to get solved because everyone's just like i'm right no i'm right and people just have a really hard time getting together and looking at similarities that each party has and differences each party has and coming to agreements on things. And I think that this particular case is really a good one to to maybe start that because you have one side that says the guns are the problem and then you have the other side saying that the mental health is the problem. And this case, as more and more details unfold, it's both of these things are problems. And both of these things need to be addressed. And it's it's actually shocking when you hear some of the details that are coming out about this case. Apparently this guy, his name is Robert Carr. He was he was having a, he broke up with his girlfriend or, or something a, a couple months ago, back in February maybe. And then his family said that he started, he took it very hard and he started hearing voices and he he started having mental crisis at that time and his family reported that to the sheriff's office that they thought that he was that he was having serious problems this was back in may to the point where they said he has access to firearms and we are worried about that which i think is it it takes a lot for a family to do something like that like imagine yeah imagine doing that to one of your family members and then imagine that information not not be used to to help save lives basically right so that those calls kind of nothing really came out of it then in july he had another he had another situation where they he he's in the army the former military i don't know if we said that he's not former military actually right he's active he's an active member of the yeah he uh, was active military and they also expressed concerns about his behavior yeah so he i guess with part of his the voices that he started hearing he started having this paranoia that people were talking about him and saying he was a pedophile and it not it not only happened at his job which when when they reported it one of the soldiers actually said that they thought that he was at risk of snapping and he could carry out a mass shooting that they they took him off of 
They said that he was no longer allowed to use the firearms at the training. Um, so, but then the mental health services, they go, they follow up, and, like, everything keeps falling through the cracks. Like, people were supposed to be checking to see if he had access to guns, and one thing led to another. And this guy, even with all this history I'm telling you right now, he was so there's this there's like a yellow flag law in Maine that allows police to say that they're taking away firearms from somebody if they can get a doctor to sign off that the person is is mentally unwell and nobody used it appears that nobody tried to use that law to take this guy's firearms away they just assumed he didn't have access to them I'm not sure well, the family had, the brother had come forward and said that they had removed the ones they knew he had access to and had locked them in a family safe that he didn't have access to. It seems like ones he used in the shooting were newly acquired or unknown to family members. Yeah, so that's, that's the thing, like, who knows, right? Where, who knows? But they, they are new, and that's the other part of this is how the hell would this guy, so not only did he not have firearms taken away from him i mean the family took them away but the police didn't take them away but then he was able to go out and buy new ones recently days before the shooting even having this this history of of this mental illness documented and through the u.s military no less like it's just the the combination of this case is is just so disturbing and how do you feel as a family member that your your dad, your brother, your son, your daughter got shot and killed, that this all happened and this 100% didn't have to happen? And as a, as a citizen now, how am I supposed to feel to, to know that there's another person like this that, that, that's waiting to do this that's not being taken seriously or not followed through with? Yeah, it's really sad. And I was reading that the only treatment he received was he was observed for two weeks in July, which if you're going through all of this and everybody in your in your life is coming forward saying that they're really concerned about you, I don't think two weeks of observation or treatment is going to be enough to kind of undo that. So I think that speaks volumes. And then they even had a wellness check as recently as September 15th on him which resulted in nothing like they couldn't find him and they did nothing so it's just really horrifying to hear Why the go only through the motions of the wellness check if you can't find him if you're not going to do anything it's just it i it's just like such a complete failure the only person that seemingly did something right was he had applied for to buy a silencer and he checked that he had a history of mental health issues and because he said yes to that question the the comp or the store that he was trying to buy it from denied him the right to purchase the silencer. So that was the only case. That was the only situation in this whole story so far where I've seen somebody actually doing their job correctly. They what the, the shooter the did paperwork. the right thing by checking off no. and being honest. No, the store owner actually read the paperwork and it rose a red flag and he marked it off and was like, "I'm denying this purchase." So I think it's. It's scary to know how many people just go through this and can just still legally obtain these and be very apparently open about all their problems and still acquire these things. That's that's the thing I don't like about it is like you're if I want to get a gun and you're asking me, do you have mental health issues? Of course, I'm going to put I don't even know why this guy put yes, honestly. Like, of course you're going to put no. Like, you're, you're taking, like, a person's word on it. There should... Well, maybe he was testing the system, and clearly in the long haul, it failed. Yeah, and there, there's another... There's a lot more things about the how the investigation went down with this, with the particular... The, the way that it took so long to find him, even though he was right where... Around where his car was, apparently, and all this... Uh, I just the whole entire case just makes you think of like the that some law enforcement sometimes or just the government in general it's just like such a clown show like what are all these people doing it's just a complete it's a complete failure in my opinion 
Well, it was just typical of what we see in a lot of murder investigations where somebody gets on their high horse and they're like, this is my case. And then they, what happened was the local police were really criticizing the state police handling of this job and in a now deleted Facebook post had referred to them as utter clowns <laughs> and saying that they weren't they communicating are clowns. with That's local. what it is, clowns. Well, they are when it comes down to like, they're not, vo- they're not communicating property properly with local and federal agencies and then that overall affects everything and we see it in so many murder cases where there's serial killers going all over the country and the police departments refuse to talk to one another or a police department of one town won't talk to the one in the next town over and if they just simply was like hey did have you had anything like this happen recently then crimes would get solved so much faster sometimes so it's really stupid to take ownership over something as serious as this when millions of not millions well millions of people in the country are scared but also all of the people on lockdown living in that area are terrified and don't know what's going on oh i can't even believe that because think about this if you live in maine and it's a small town i think they had like barely any crime documented right people it's probably a town where people sleep with their doors unlocked right they don't have a firearm and stuff like I, I wouldn't feel safe being in my house knowing that a guy that just killed 18 people and tried to kill many more that's heavily armed can potentially break into my house with my children here without having my own firearm. But like those people might not even have a firearm because they're, they might live in such a safe area that they're not even, it's not even on their radar. Like I can't imagine how scared the, the citizens were that were living around there. It's terrifying. Well, the one article I read said the number of people that died from this mass shooting last week is only a few less than the annual number of murders in Maine per year. Yeah, the whole state so think of about Maine. That. Yeah. yeah, which I'm kind of like, I want to I want to move there Maine. with that statistic. But I mean, obviously, this is a, a an incident that was really horrible and they weren't expecting it, especially with having such low crime rate. But I, I was shocked by that number, honestly, because I'm like, go go Maine for having good crime stats like that, obviously with the exception of this horrific incident. But it is just, the whole thing's just really scary, and I just, I can't even imagine. The little glimpse of this we had was when that prisoner was escaped a couple, or last month or two months ago, and it wasn't even in our direct area, but it was in my in-laws area, and just this this guy that had been in jail for murdering his ex-girlfriend or his girlfriend in front of her two kids it's scary to know this person's on the loose and living in the woods and breaking into people's homes for food and clothing so i can't even imagine living through something this severe yeah i know and and of course un- unfortunately this is just something that we're we're, we're going to talk about all the time which i i hate it i just hate it so bad but there was another potential serious mass shooting that got that didn't happen at a a amusement park in Colorado that was called Glenwood Caverns Adventure Park apparently it seems like it's like you know the Anakista place we go to it seems like a place you have to get in these gondolas to go up to a mountain to get to it and it's off season right now yeah so they were slated to open in about a month and when they were doing routine checks they found a 20 year old man with tactical gear in the women's restroom deceased and they believed he could have carried out a potentially really horrific either mass shooting or set off bombs or just a horrible mass casualty event he had uh, he had lots of ammunition on him he had ieds he had written on the wall i am not a killer which is yeah and this is like a maintenance guy finds this guy and they automatically were like all right this isn't like a routine routine suicide my question is, though, is that if they weren't o- going to be open for another month, like, what was he doing there? They they said that he probably had to go up a service road to and, and kind of broke in and trespass because the place isn't open. But what was he doing there? Was he going to, like, plant stuff around? Like, why was he there That's one month prior? Thinking. It's so weird. Well, I was thinking he was either there. Well, I don't know why he had all that on him, but I... Th- I'm thinking it's what you were just saying. He was planning stuff or he was trying to get the lay of the land. 
also i my first thought was how did he get in there and nobody noticed it because even if they were off season there has to be cameras around so nobody picked that up at all which is really concerning and the fact that this was discovered like thank goodness this ended without some mass casualty event happening but it's still really disturbing to know the potential behind it i wish all of these would happen like this because all of these people end up killing themselves so just like why don't you just kill yourself and not drag everybody else down with you it just it it's seriously i don't i really don't understand it but so so this just happened what two two days ago or yesterday or something so that this story is still unraveling but they interviewed his brother apparently and said that he was very distant from the family he wouldn't talk to them and that he stayed up all night and played call of duty which I, i'm not sure if we could have a conversation one day too about the the whole video game situation because that's what you do in that game right is is simulate well, killing people that and I even had a discussion with you last week because the kids were playing Roblox and they were like, "Oh, I just shot him." And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" And there's a cops and robbers game in Roblox and I'm like, "This is great to make a gun-oriented game about killing people for a game specifically designed for young children." Well, the thing is is that these games have existed since the time I was a kid. I remember playing games like that on Nintendo and so we even our Nintendo when I was a kid, had a gun, like, instead of a controller. So it, I think it was for, like, Duck Hunt or something. I mean, you were shooting animals or whatever, but still. Um, I I think there's that some people say that there's a correlation, and then other people are like, I know people that, like, I personally know people that have played Call of Duty, and they don't kill anybody. So it's like, it's just another piece of the puzzle, I guess you would say. But... This, this kid, he's only 20 years old. Like, nothing's coming up on him so far. Not even a parking ticket. So it's like you have Robert Card on the one hand from the main shooting that has this whole rap sheet and this whole history. And then you have this guy, which is even scarier, to be honest, because how would you even pick this up? He's just under the radar, basically, is what they're saying. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely... It's definitely really scary to think about, especially with what just happened in Maine last week, but not fortunately because a person's life is still ended, but fortunately it didn't result in this mass casualty event happening and a theme park being affected because honestly, I wouldn't even go to that theme park hearing this because how did this guy even get in there? And they're saying it was unclear how long he was there. He was even in there, let alone deceased. So... I, I don't know. I think great. I think you say that you wouldn't go there, but I'm kind of like that's the safest place in the world right now because they're going to like they're going to be on that place. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Just like I, I hate I hate having to talk about this. I I just I don't want to talk about this. I just don't. I it, it really it really is just scary to every single time we go somewhere, we go to the boardwalk we go anywhere where there's just a bunch of people trick-or-treating anything you're just like always thinking about this stuff and it's terrible like I just want to enjoy my life and not have to worry about that kind of stuff you know well do you want to move on to some lighter fare yes of course oh, this this section is always is always the is entertaining you would say usually right for the most part but sometimes there's upsetting stories but this is this is a weird one, I'm not going to lie. So, in our, our first medical, well, our only medical story today is about the excessive donations of used sex toys to thrift stores. So, in Oh, you United know what? I just thought that we were talking about the, uh, the category, the net, the following category of, uh, other dead, other dead bodies um. or whatever that is, but which which is usually entertaining medical is not is not usually entertaining but this particular subject is very entertaining um use sex toys yeah yes yeah, so, so um a thrift store in the united kingdom which is primarily a children's charity has had to issue a public statement begging people to stop donating used sex toys so ew uh, okay Th the thing is, is that don't you think it's kind of funny that like their major concern was 
because it's a children's charity. Like, what about a used sex toy putting it in the thrift store and somebody buying it and using it? Because that yeah, could I, happen. I, <laughs> they sell, like, our thrift store sells weird shit. You've seen underwear there. You've seen th weird stuff, right? Well, you get at least, I'm not justifying this. I'm saying you get at least wash or bleach underwear. And I guess this, you could you also bleach, bleach or <laughs> clean a dildo. But just the balls on people to donate something like that is really gross. Please just throw it out. And I guess. I guess the thrift store's main concern was that they have teenagers volunteering there. So they were like, please stop exposing our children and donating these objects because they're inappropriate. But to what you said, it, no, it, nobody's worried about the, the sanitary factor. <laughs> yeah, because it's it's true. Like bacteria or whatever is one thing. But like if someone uses a sex toy and doesn't really clean it off and brings it to a thrift store like HPV, hepatitis, herpes can live on surfaces for days to weeks. So like that's a live active virus that you can transmit that way. And that that to me just that should be the biggest concern of this article, not little kids seeing it. But, a, you know, a teenager might want to get a dildo half price. They can be pretty pricey. They're they're like $80 sometimes. <laughs> I I guess, but I just I I don't even know the type of person who would make such a purchase at a, that location. So well, do you know you know what Franny Fine always says is that this is the time that you always buy retail. You never go. You never go. <laughs> you never shop retail. Yeah. You never. You never get. You never get this half price something like a dildo because it's too good to be true. So you want to make sure that you pay full price for it. Uh, yeah, there, there's certain things you most definitely should buy brand new out of a box, and I'm going to wrap this in that category because it's pretty disgusting. Yeah, there, there's a few. I, I'm, I'm like a huge person, thrift person. I like to get buy things that are antique stores and everything like that, but there's certain things that, like, you just don't buy used, and it, it's definitely, like, things that you insert into your body. A hundred percent. So... Back to, or I guess, finalizing our sections with the other death news, which you teased a little bit earlier. Yeah. <laughs> there, there was this insane story out of Alabama where these people had just purchased a home and they were doing cleanup and there was a refrigerator unplugged in the backyard. So as they start cleaning up around it, they open it and find a human hand inside. Like, could you and imagine, it, like... <laughs> This, I just think of like this young couple just like cleaning up the backyard and la da da, you know. Oh, yeah, there's a human hand in there. No, I really can't imagine it. And they're saying it's the body of a deceased 19 year old. He had apparent, him and his parents had apparently rented the house before it was eventually sold to this now new couple who found the body. And they think he had been in there since potentially since June. Well, he ha he was suffering from spina bifida, so they the parents were the caregivers of the kid, and I guess they think that th the parents are under charges right now. I think they got arrested for his murder. Yeah, they so, got arrested. Yeah, so I'm not sure exactly if they really determined what the cause of his death was, but yeah, th could you imagine that? Just you bought a house and finding that because people always leave their their shit in the house. When I moved in here, there was like a bunch of stuff we had to move out, and you you had a couple things at your house too, right? Just imagine well, like I've going heard, through that. <laughs> I've heard some nefarious tales about the people that used to live in my home, yeah. so I I don't even want to know what could potentially be behind the no, walls. No, I know that's true, actually. So don't, I don't know. Don't get it, into that right now. That might be no, another I, episode. <laughs> that that could be a very special way down the road episode because it's kind of really gross. But <laughs> yeah, I having just bought a home in the last couple of years, I, I certainly can't imagine finding a discovery like this. I would be so disturbed and just the fridge was unplugged. So imagine how gnarly that must have been in there. And they're saying they found a hand, but I'm assuming that's the only recognizable well, part I think that they, was in they there. They probably lifted the lid. It probably smelled terrible. They probably opened it to see because they they more than likely thought it was like rotting meat because it's a freezer. I mean, they, technically it was. They opened, 
yeah, you're right. They open the lid, they see a hand, and they probably shut the lid really fast, called the police, the police came, and then they said that's, they identified it as the body, like they found the whole body in there. So I'm not sure that it was dismembered. It just seems like maybe all they saw was the hand laying up there, but I, I just... Like what I found a broken record in my wall for, that was labeled "Star Spangled Banner." That's all the good stuff I found in my wall. <laughs> I'm sure we could do an entire episode of user submissions of weird stuff people have found in their walls. That might be really cool. Yeah, to talk actually, about, actually, yeah, totally. So I want to wrap up every week. We're gonna answer a couple questions, so they could be towards my mom, me, both of us together. So the first couple questions we have today, first is from our good friend, Amy Lochran. So she wants to know, have you ever felt a ghost watching you while performing an autopsy? So Amy's the good nurse, if you guys aren't familiar with her name, and we love her. I got to meet her in September at the WOW conference, and um, I just love her. We went out to dinner, and we actually have to tell this story about about Gabe about the picture (laughs) so we go out to dinner it was me Cara Amy and Gabe and we went out to dinner to this like really nice Italian restaurant and we're eating and we're having a good time and we're laughing and the waiter comes over to us and says oh like we're taking like selfies with each other and he's like do you want me to take a picture of the whole table so we're like yeah sure and so Cara, I think it was Kara hands over her phone to this waiter. And I automatically was like, what is this dude doing? He's all like over me with the thing. And, <laughs> and I'm like, you know, we always, me and Maria always complain that like Gabe takes the worst pictures of us ever. Cause he always like puts the camera yes. down like this. And I'm like, dude, like go above my chin. You're get, it makes me look, you know? So anyway, um, the guy's taking this weird angle and I, I already know like it's it's not going to look good. And she takes back the phone and she doesn't look at it right away. And we're sitting there eating dinner. And then all of a sudden I look over at Kara and Gabe and they're like crying, laughing like Kara is <laughs> like hyperventilating and can't breathe because of the picture. So we all look at it. I have to where can I post this like somewhere? So ever so so they could see it i'll just post it in my story i could pull it up i could pull it up really quick because i have it as gabe's content oh no yeah you have (laughs) what could you pull up the whole photo though somehow Uh, because it's just so good like it it looks like gabe is like 500 pounds and me maybe 300 (laughs) pounds the guy had some kind of like wide i don't know if he put like the fish eye do we have a fish eye lens on the I think it could be I don't, an option. I don't know what the hell this guy did, but you would think since he offered to take our picture at the restaurant <laughs> that he would know what he was doing. And it is, it just looks so funny. And then Kara and Amy look completely normal. It's just like, <laughs> it's like the I funniest picture of all time. All right, we'll, we'll, I don't have the full photo, but I have. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, so she's holding up a she's holding up a, a photo when Gabe calls her. That's what it looks like. So it's it's hilarious. It it just it just looks so fun. <laughs> it just was so good. Anyway, all right, getting back. What's what's Amy's question? She wants to know if if I see. Have dead you people. ever felt a ghost watching you when you cut open their body? Sorry, I misphrased it earlier. No, I. So we had um, one of the labs that I used to work at. I when I worked with Frank, who who's my was my a former autopsy partner, and I love him so much. We would um, there was a guy that was working there that was a histotech, but then on the weekends he was like a ghost hunter, and he always used to come in the morgue and be like, "I I really want to have a reading with you guys and like clear this area out." And Frank would be like, "Man, get the fuck out of here!" Like, <laughs> it was just so good because like when you when you cut open dead people for a living you don't want to talk about ghosts and stuff because it, it, no and, and also like we we do it so much and i've never had it, it, like a paranormal experience with that and i feel like not only have i done so many autopsies but like i 
used to release all the bodies to the funeral home. I used to take care of the morgue, go down there, take the fridge temperatures every day. Like I've been around so many dead people. I feel like they would be bothering me all the time, but maybe I, I don't know. But to, to answer your question, no. <laughs> all right. Our Sorry, Amy. Second qu- <laughs> our second question is, do you have some advice for new PAs or PA students? Yes. Don't. No, I'm just joking. Um, yeah. If you want to, well, if you're a PA student, I guess you already know that you want to do this as a job and hopefully you shadowed a PA to make sure that you definitely want to do this because I feel like as much as I've done a service to this field, I've also done a disservice because I make it look super glamorous to be a PA and it sometimes the job really sucks. So you need to go and make sure that it's something that you can do for a living because most of the time the lab is like in the basement or it's in some kind of room in the hospital that's hidden. There's no windows. Oftentimes there's no, you just, you, you go in work in the morning and it's dark out and you leave at night and it's dark out. You don't even know what time of day it is because there's no windows and you're not around people. It's not like the active part of the hospital. I personally like that because I don't like people, but like some, some people like, <laughs> like, like to be around other people. So I think that you should always obviously shadow someone before you even decide to go to PA school. Once you're in PA school, I think that the best thing to do is to get some kind of a job in the lab. Like don't work at Starbucks on the weekends, even if it pays more money. I know money's an issue because I'm a person and I I was poor a huge part of my life. So it was like hard, you know, I was in school and I, I had her. I was a single mom. I had to work full time and go to school full time. And like I so I get I get the money thing. But try really hard to get your foot in the door at the hospital in general at the hospital. Like even if you could work at the cafeteria at the hospital versus Starbucks, but mainly try to get into the lab of the hospital even if you're just like putting specimens in the computer and stuff, it's like the best foot in the door ever. That's that's my advice. That's really good advice. So if you guys want to leave a question for us every Friday on the Mother Knows Death Instagram, it's at Mother Knows Death. We will be posting the little question box. So feel free to leave any questions you might have in there and then we'll pick two or three to read every week. Awesome. Please leave some for Maria this time because I I would really, (laughs) yeah, you're like, (laughs) I don't need to answer any questions. I'm like, unless you need to know what's happening on the latest Real Housewives story, I probably don't have much to contribute. And and I don't care. But But I know that, I know that so many people do, so many of these Bravo viewers, but, um, (laughs) Also, make sure that you check out our website, thegrossroom.com. There we do. So if you like the Instagram account, you're really going to like the gross room because we do lots of stories. Every single day we post. We do bigger articles, smaller articles. We have guest writers, and sometimes those articles are way different than anything that I would ever write, but very interesting information like what happens to your body when you go to space and you come down and uh, just lots of different really interesting things going on every single day in the gross room. And the best part of the gross room is that we have a really tight-knit community of people that we comment back and forth to each other. We know each other's names. And it's not like social media because the comment section isn't nasty. It's, It's just like people there want to learn and want to be friends with each other and when people are nasty we kick them out (laughs) so it's 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 awesome yeah it's a really awesome space to have good conversations even if people don't agree with each other they're definitely really respectful and it's not this internet troll environment so it's a really good community to be part of and if you really like this podcast you'll definitely like everything else going on there so I think it's even as me that wants to pass out every time we talk about blood or I see it which I've been good today today (laughs) but yeah it's it's digestible for the regular person and that's the coolest part of it so wait, I have a question. Do, since since needles bother you, does the whole like slicing of the throat thing bother you? 
Yeah, but not as much. I just can't explain it. I think we've come to the conclusion I might have white coat syndrome where <laughs> I think I think of going to the doctor or when I'm at the doctor, that's when I get really queasy because I've been as a hobby embroidering a lot lately and I stab myself quite often by accident and I it doesn't bother me at all. I just I just can't get to the root of it. I think it's like fluid coming out. I don't like I don't know. I really don't know. I'm having a hard time figuring out where the root of it is so I could get over my almost 30-year-long lifetime fear. You might have to talk to a, a psychiatrist about this and see if your mother induced any kind of like childhood trauma on you or something. Do you think seeing an autopsy at eight years old perhaps maybe You were like be... 13, please. It, right, it's, that's kind of young. It, you're, you were old enough. It's fine. You're good. Eh. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks so much. It was great having you on your our first episode. And let us know. Give us some feedback. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Mother Knows Death. As a reminder, my training is as a pathologist assistant. I have a master's level education and specialize in anatomy and pathology education. I am not a doctor and I have not diagnosed or treated anyone, dead or alive, without the assistance of a licensed medical doctor. This show, my website, and social media accounts are designed to educate and inform people based on my experience working in pathology so they can make healthier decisions regarding their life and well-being. Always remember that science is changing every day and these opinions expressed in this episode are based on my knowledge of those subjects at the time of publication. If you are having a medical problem, have a medical question, or are having a medical emergency, please contact your physician or visit an urgent care center or emergency room or hospital. Please rate, review, and subscribe to Mother Knows Death on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or anywhere you get podcasts.